Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. If you love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and all of Peter Siegel's silly commentary on the week and news, your favorite weekend game show is in town tonight at the Fox Theater in Detroit. And with the strange and stressful week we have had, the Wait, Wait team is sure to deliver some much-needed laughs. Listen to our show today, and at the end of the show, we're going to tell you how you can win a pair of tickets to see the show tonight. So you are definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, this week, uh, Mayor Mike Duggan opened the Manugian Mansion for the city's first ever refugee iftar, celebrating the month of Ramadan with dozens of refugee families recently resettled here in the city of Detroit. The dinner was the latest piece in Duggan's vocal public support for resettled, even as the number of refugee arrivals continues to decline sharply, both in Michigan and around the country, in the last six months under the Trump administration. No federal courts have paused any number of versions of the travel ban halting the admission of refugees. Michigan has fallen from its place as a top destination for resettlement efforts. Critics cite public safety concerns and a need for stricter vetting processes. Currently, an average security check takes 18 to 24 months. Today, we are going to probe the questions at the heart of what many deem this generation's worst humanitarian crisis. How do we decide who belongs here? And once we decide whether people belong here or not, what ends do we go to to ensure their safety and ours? I think this is not just a policy question as it is playing out in Washington. This is a deeply moral question, a deeply moral question about the fabric of this country. Think about the community that we live in here in southeast Michigan. What would it be like if we didn't have uh, people from uh, other countries? Think of the number of people who are here who were fleeing places where they were persecuted. Think of the number of people who are here who have built entire communities around the idea of resettling here in America. What would, what would Michigan look like if we didn't have those folks? What would Detroit look like if we didn't have those folks? And what would we be like as a nation if we were saying to those people consistently that this is not a place that you can find refuge? This is not a place that you can build a new life. We want to talk uh, up front about that. And joining us to help frame that discussion is Fairuz Saad. She is the Director of Immigrant Affairs for the City of Detroit. Also here is Taylor Nelson, Immigrant Affairs Programs Director in the city. Both of you, welcome to Detroit Today. Great. Good morning. Thank yeah. you for having us. Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting that uh, Mayor Duggan held the iftar at the Manugian uh, and I th- and I think it, it's a great symbol of the way this mayor thinks about this city and the people in it. Uh, he has said over and over that he wants uh, Detroit to be for everyone. And this is a gesture that a lot of other mayors wouldn't take. Uh, they wouldn't go to this kind of extreme to make it clear that people who are fleeing other countries, people who have been persecuted abroad, are welcome here in the city of Detroit. And he's doing it at a time when he's really at odds with some of the narrative that we hear at the national level. Yeah, so I think the great thing about the mayor is just how open he's been and uh, how forthright he's been about Detroit and it being a welcoming city. 
And um, not only with the message and saying that, but really by putting um, efforts and resources into creating an Office of Immigrant Affairs, hiring me, um, allowing me to have some staff to support that work. And so, you know, not only does he say it, but he's put the 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 uh, meat it needs to, yeah. to also get the work done. Yeah, talk about uh, the, the the creation of that uh, department and what it, what it's achieved. What what it, what is what have we seen uh, from that in in the last few years? Yeah, so the office was launched in the fall of 2015. Um, I was named the director at the time, um, and uh, right away the mayor um, asked to do a few things. The the overall mission of the office is to work with new and existing immigrant communities and put them on pathways to economic prosperity. So we work with immigrant communities across the city and really um, understanding the needs and challenges they have to be able to prosper in the city of Detroit um, and uh, specifically looking at small business development, entrepreneurship, home ownership, and um, some of the basic needs that really kind of help them build their lives here. Um, part of that was also uh, looking at how the city can help support the Obama's administration's, the then Obama administration's agenda uh, to um, uh, do refugee resettlement. At the time, the president had announced an increase to the number of refugees coming into the United States and looking specifically at 10,000 to bring in 10,000 from Syria. So the mayor went to Washington. He met with a number of officials across the Obama administration, he learned about the security process. He asked tough questions. Um, and he became comfortable with the security process, the way the vetting is done. And then based on that, really um, made a strong argument for why the city of Detroit wants to be an active participant in the resettlement process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taylor Nelson, uh, you're the Immigrant Affairs Programs Director for the city. Uh, talk about what some of that programming looks like. I mean, I said in the billboard for the show today uh, that it's difficult to imagine what it's like for somebody to leave the place that they're from uh, because they're being persecuted and to resettle somewhere else. I mean, you you really are starting from scratch in in many, many ways. Uh, you, you also may be uh, suffering from trauma from the, some of the things that you saw in the place where you're from. Talk about what the programming looks like in this office and sort of how it meets uh, those folks uh, sort of where they are? Right. Well, that's a, a great question. And so we we do have a variety of, of programs in our office. And a lot of what we do is we try to build relationships with other organizations and see how we can collaborate and, you know, to build more, you know, robust programming. So for, you know, for instance, one of our, our key priorities is is creating, you know, truly a welcoming community because, you know, once refugees come here, we want to make sure that they feel supported from a cultural and community standpoint, you know, and then, of course, the economic standpoint that Feirouz had mentioned. So um, I'll give you one example. Uh, our office has worked with University of Michigan um, as well as the resettlement agency Samaritas to create this group or this this initiative called the Welcoming Liaison Program where um, bi-weekly we've had uh, students from University of Michigan come to Detroit and work with, with refugees who have been recently resettled in the city. And they work with them to not only welcome them to the community and to the environment, but to um, help them access city resources. So what we've done from a city uh, perspective is 
is not only do we kind of manage this program and work with the university students and the group that we work with at the university is called MRAP, the Michigan Refugee Assistance Program, you know, and Samaritas Resettlement Agency, but we provide them with a clear curriculum. We provide them with with a resource book that that includes just different resources located in the city of Detroit. Um, so, so that's one of the programs that we helped create. And so, just different things like that. In addition to going out to communities, we've we've hosted Know Your Rights trainings mm-hmm. for refugee families, and and collaborated with uh, the, the Islamic Center of Detroit, and they've been a really great partner as well as. Um, as the the police department um, and the Michigan Immigrants Rights Center, so you know to host those trainings. So really, we just we look to see how can we partner with these different organizations to not only create this um, space of welcoming, yeah. but also to to really help the the refugees understand you know the resources that are in their community and really how to access them. Yeah, I mean the the, the difficulties uh, they face, I would imagine, are heightened by, uh, in some cases, the, the the strain that we see in the city of Detroit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. People who are born here, uh, in many cases, are having a hard time finding that support. T- t- talk about how you'd sort of, how do you deal with, with, with that context? Taylor? Well, well yeah. I can mention just one, um, you know, brief example is, is, you know, we're very cognizant of the fact that, um, that while we are supporting, you know, people who who may not be native to the city, um, and that's very important um, in the city of Detroit, immigrants constitute five percent of the entire population. Mm-hmm. So while that's that's still a significant, you know, pop, you know, portion, we need to also make sure that what we're doing also is very supportive of the community at large. So everything that we've done, you know, even when we've we, we've talked to community groups or neighborhood organizations um, in the districts in which refugees have been resettled, we make sure to that it's a collaborative, inclusive conversation. So not just, hey, these families are coming here, deal with it, but these families are coming here, how can we all work, you know, work with this together? How can, um, if you're a native Detroiter, how can you meet these families and how can we make sure that it's a, it's a collaborative conversation amongst all parties? Um, I'll speak to one specific example, just transportation piece, for example. Uh-huh. Um, we realized that transportation was a barrier for, you know, for a lot of the, the refugee residents who we've seen. Um, but, but also it's not just a barrier for refugees, it's a barrier for, for just Detroiters for Midwest for people in the Midwest. So what we did is is we worked with DDOT to create this basic how to use how to use the bus transportation pamphlet, and um, we were able to get that translated in Arabic and in Spanish. And also we were able to host a focus group, which included um, some refugee residents as well as just some um, some just native Detroiters who just who we're not refugees just to get their input yeah. on you know how we can better create this this transportation guide and and how we could use it to not just support you know one group but but really how can we use it to support you know all detroiters so we try to look at everything that we do through this lens of how can we make sure that this is supporting as many people as possible yeah. I don't know if you yeah. wanted to add to that yeah. go ahead Fares. yeah i think just um to t- touch on it briefly again is is through the collaboration process but also being t- very transparent in what we've been working on in the city and from the very beginning Beginning, um, we went out to the different neighborhoods. We met with neighborhood groups. We met with community leaders, faith leaders, to break down some of the myths that might exist about mm-hmm. refugee resettlement and really make sure we were educating the community and, and giving them more insight into what it means to be a refugee, what programs come along with it, what it does and doesn't mean for the city of Detroit. Um, and then working with those neighbors and those community groups and those neighborhood block clubs as the resettlement process took place so that they really felt like they were part of the process as sure. well. Yeah. 
this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Fehru Saad. She's the Director of Immigrant Affairs for the City of Detroit. Also with us is Taylor Nelson. She's the Immigrant Affairs Program Director for the City of Detroit. We're talking about resettlement here in the City of Detroit. Uh, Mayor Mike Duggan has made it really clear that he would like Detroit to be a welcoming place for people who are uh, from other places, fleeing other places, fleeing persecution in uh, their home nations and want to come to the United States. He's a little bit at odds right now with uh, the th- some of the things that President Donald Trump is saying about uh, refugees who come to America. Uh, at the same time, the, the mayor is sort of undeterred, I guess, uh, in his zeal to make sure that Detroit is welcoming to uh, to refugees and immigrants. Uh, and he recently had the first ever refugee iftar at the, the Manugian Mansion. If you want to join the conversation, uh, talk about uh, talk about what we should be doing, how we should be approaching the question of what to do about people who are fleeing other countries coming here because uh, they feel like there will be a better opportunity for them. Are we doing that right at the national level? Is Mayor Mike Duggan doing the right thing here in the city of Detroit by sort of pushing back against some of the rhetoric that we're hearing at the national level? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we will work your comments into the conversation. We'd also love to hear today from people who are uh, refugees uh, here in the city of Detroit or in southeast Michigan. Did you come here uh, expecting to find opportunities that you couldn't find uh, in your home country? Did you come here fleeing persecution in another country? Tell us how that transition unfolded for you here in southeast Michigan. Is it, is it smooth? Are there hurdles that people don't know about when we discuss these things? Again, 313 313- 577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, Ferus, I want to talk a little about uh, the, the national context and and how that plays out in your work here in the city of Detroit. I mean, we, we have heard and seen some really dramatic uh, anti-immigrant uh, rhetoric and action uh, at the national level. Um, I would imagine that the, that that changes the conversations that you end up having with uh, with people here in the city. I would also imagine it changes the way you see the work that needs to be done here in the city of Detroit. You're not just uh, you're not now just trying to make sure that people fleeing uh, other countries can find uh, resettlement here. You're also trying to say, look, uh, uh, Detroit is maybe not the same as as some other places. So it definitely influenced our work to a certain degree, but it didn't take us off track. When um, everything started happening um, at the national level, we um, I got this question a lot, and I was always um, very sure to say that uh, this doesn't change what we do. We're going to stay focused. We're going to continue to work with our immigrant communities that are here. Um, they um, still have needs. Uh, like I mentioned before, we still want to work with them to make sure we're empowering them and ensure that they have access. And so that didn't change. Yeah. And um, what happened, though, is we found that the immigrant communities were possibly, uh, I don't, um, maybe uh, 
not as actively kind of coming out, coming to our events, um, and uh, possibly like applying for the Detroit ID that we also launched in December of 2016, because the, there there definitely was fear on the ground, and there definitely was fear amongst individuals and families. And we've done a, a really good job of building those relationships and really trying to build that trust between the city and those communities. But this type of stuff still affects it, even if we're not the federal government. Yeah. And so we just had to work a little bit harder and to just kind of keep up those relationships and make sure that people know that nothing was changing on our end, that we were going to continue to do the work that we were doing, and that the mayor was still committed to it. Yeah. Uh, do you feel that there is a strain between uh, the sort of policy stance of the mayor and uh, the policy stance at the federal government, does that play out in any sort of noticeable and active way? Um, I guess I'm thinking about uh, the, the the raids over the weekend, uh, for instance, where they rounded up uh, Chaldean immigrants uh, to, to send them back to a country where they might very well be killed. Uh, again, does that does that put them in conflict with the things that you're trying to do here? Well, so uh, you, you know the the city and the mayor doesn't you know can't have much influence right. about you immigration can't make policy. National policy. Exactly, right. exactly. It's it's a federal issue. It's a federal policy. And so what what we can do though is again for those that are here, for those that are coming, ensure that we're building that welcoming environment that that Taylor. Um, uh, was talking about, and that we are continuing to work, continuing to work with Detroiters, so that they feel part of this effort at all. Um, and I, I think we've been really lucky in this city, and that what I've seen is Detroiters come together, Detroiters be very uh, pro-immigrant and be vocal in um, their support for not only what the mayor is doing, but also for the immigrant communities that are here and are resettling here. Sure. Um, and uh, regardless of what happens at the national level, um, like I've said, uh, with risk of repeating myself, is you know just just to kind of keep focused yeah. and continue to move forward and do what we have to do to to help the communities that are here. Yeah. Again, on the phones, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number we want to talk about uh, refugee resettlement here in the city of Detroit and Southeast Michigan, especially if you are an immigrant, you're from a family of immigrants who maybe came here. Uh, seeking a better life. Talk about what that transition looked like, the kind of supports that you found here, some of the hurdles maybe that you faced when you got to the United <coughs> States. Uh, let's go to Brian. Brian in Belleville, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. I just wanted to say that Mayor Duggan is absolutely on the right track by pushing back against the federal administration on this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. And also, about 10 years ago, I was uh, speaking to some people, and I said, you know, I look around Detroit, I see Muslims and Hindus and Jews and Chaldeans and Christians and atheists all living together in this very tight community, and we don't have the sectarian violence. And I said, I think Detroit is going to teach America and the world how to live in peace. Yeah. Uh, Brian, that's a really great, uh, that's a really great sentiment, and it, it reminds me that... Uh, the diversity that we have here in in the city of Detroit in terms of people from other places being here, it's not new. I mean, this is not something that's just sort of developed uh, in the last 10 or 15 or even 50 years. I mean, this has always been an immigrant community. The sad 
part of that is that we now talk about it in really different terms, I think, uh, than we have historically. Uh, uh, there's a little more edge and rancor, I think, to the, to the discussion than there was. But Brian, uh, thank you very much for the, for the call and the comments. Uh, let's go to Sharon in Warren. Sharon, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thank you very much. I listen to your program every day on my way to work. Oh, that's wonderful. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say that uh, my grandparents were Jewish immigrants from uh, Russia, Poland. They came because of pogroms. They had to get out of that country. And if it wasn't for people in the United States helping them out, my family and myself, we wouldn't even be here in this wonderful uh, America. I believe that... Um, well, first of all, I live on a block, which is fantastic because we have blacks, we have Muslims, we have people from Iraq. We have, I'm the only Jew that's there, but uh, we, we have a multi-culture right on our block. And I love it. I think it's great. We learn from each other. We're great neighbors. There's no violence. Yeah. Our children play together. In fact, my Jewish kids taught the Muslim kids how to play baseball in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. Sharon, thanks very much uh, for, again for that sentiment and, and, and for the call. Uh, I really appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Teresa in Detroit. Teresa, welcome to Detroit today. For the, the immigrants coming in, I think we ought to do that. It, it's just the thing that we do as Americans, and I, I hate the national policy. How, and I, I, I would like to see if... A new immigrant family came to Detroit. Uh-huh. I would like to see some organization who deals with this. I don't know who. Who would partner them with a Detroit family who's been here for a long time. Oh. And that way they could help them with just the day-to-day adjustments that you, you people live through. And yeah. I, I'd like to see that done. Teresa, that's a, that's a really interesting idea. Thanks very much for the okay. call and for, for sharing that. Uh, is that something that we do? I mean, I, I know that uh, for many immigrant families, it is another family in the community that sort of helps them resettle and find their way. But is there any sort of formal program that does that? Well, so that's what we're working on developing through our Welcoming Liaison program and really looking how we could expand that out so that it it could include um, families, individuals from the community. We started with the pilot program with university students um, just because it was all right there and kind of packaged uh, nicely for us and students who um, had uh, English as a second language, or I'm sorry, who who spoke another language. Um, But um, we're very interested and really want to think about how this can be a Detroiters to Detroiters type program. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if, um, you know, if you're sort of thinking of it that way, um, is there a way to, to, to even get, uh, you know, non-immigrant families to, to sort of pair up with immigrant families to sort of show them the way? Yeah, again, absolutely. I think um, it's it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics around it and, and really making sure that we build a strong infrastructure around yeah. it. Taylor talked about how we built a curriculum for the university students so right. that we can kind of guide them in their interactions with, yeah. with the refugees. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Go something ahead, else that I would add is that um, – for anyone who's interested in volunteering or, you know, working with families, also connecting with the resettlement agencies themselves is, you know, can be very helpful. Um, each resettlement agency has different needs, but sometimes, you know, um, there'll be a family who 
gets resettled and who's in immediate need of assistance or some type of support from, you know, local families. And so I would encourage um, encourage anyone who's interested not only to, you know, contact us at our office, but to connect with the resettlement agencies. And so for those who don't know, there's three there's three uh, resettlement agencies in southeast Michigan. Uh-huh. And so the first one is um, Samaritas. Um, and they are, although they, they do have a facility in Detroit, they're, they're housed in Troy. The second one is Catholic Charities of Southeast Michigan. They're out in Clinton Township. And um, the third is USCRI, which stands for U.S. Committee for Refugees and Immigrants. And they're out in Dearborn. Um, there's also Jewish Family Services. They operate more in, in Washtenaw County. Um, but, but really, if you connect with any of these these resettlement agencies and say, hey, I would like to volunteer in this specific capacity. Um, there, that's a way as well to directly support some of these, you know, refugees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that uh, that everyone always thinks uh, of ways to sort of get involved mm-hmm. in this. I mean, lots of people, I think, are are upset by <clears throat> the things that we're hearing and and seeing with regard to immigrants, but then. They feel a little helpless, uh, and they're not sure how to how to take part in sort of the pushback. And I guess uh, those are those are all good ways. So, yeah, exactly. uh, all right, uh, Fayrou Saad, director of immigrant affairs for the city of Detroit, and Taylor Nelson, immigrant affairs programs director. Thank you both for being here on Detroit today. Great, thank, thank you, you for so having much. us. Absolutely. Okay, coming up, uh, the state and federal governments are trying to get people in Flint the help they need to deal with the city's water crisis. But what about families who are afraid to seek out that help because they're undocumented? We will talk with someone who is trying to address that problem next. Stay with us.